0: These are individual stories. These are real life people who have been arrested and prosecuted and face deplorable conditions wherever they're located, um, just because of their religious belief, religious activity, religious freedom, advocacy, or just state imposed religious um, norms on them. Hello. And welcome to the USURF Spotlight Podcast, a podcast series by the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom, where we take a deep dive into religious freedom conditions around the world, breaking the situation down for you. Each episode, we focus on a different country, region, or topic. Not only do we analyze and explain the religious freedom situation to our listeners, Will we also make policy recommendations to the United States government in order to address the immense challenges we bring to light here?
1: Welcome to USURF Spotlight. I'm Zach Uden, a research analyst at the US Commission on International Religious Freedom or USRF. Today, we are going to discuss USURF's Freedom of Religion or Belief Victims List or FORB Victims List, a database that catalogs victims targeted for their religion or belief. Since launching the FORB Victims List in 2019, USERF has documented nearly 2,000 individuals. Unfortunately, this number continues to grow as international religious freedom conditions continue to deteriorate or remain poor in dozens of countries around the world. In December, USERF published its FORB Victims List Fact Sheet that dives deeper into the legislative background and standards and processes for including persons on the list. Today, we are pleased to have USURF researcher Dylan Schexnader join us to discuss the Forbes victims list. Dylan, welcome to USURF Spotlight. Thanks for having me, Zach. Absolutely. Dylan, USERF's Forbes victims list came into existence with the passage of the Frank R. Wolf International Religious Freedom Act of 2016. Could you tell us about that legislation and its relationship to the Forbes victims list?
0: Sure thing. So, this legislation was really important because it established that Yusurf would create and maintain a quote unquote victims list. Now, in order to be in the victims list, there were six specific violations that were to have needed to occur. Um, the individual would have had to have been imprisoned, detained, forcibly disappeared, placed under house arrest, tortured, or forced to renounce their faith. Um, these violations would have had to occur in countries that U.S.E.R.F. recommends for country of particular concern status um, or in territories run by um, entities or non-state actors that U.S.E.R.F. designate or recommends for designating as entity of particular concern status. Um, Some of the key points in the legislation was that this information was to be publicly available. Um, The victim's list is currently online for the public to see. Another key phrase was the term extent practicable. Um, Unfortunately, USERF has limited resources, and so we're really unable to document, unfortunately, the thousands and thousands and thousands of people um, who experience these unfortunate violations on a daily basis. Um, And then last but not least, that legislation emphasized that USERF needs to take into consideration the safety concerns of people going into the database, as well as their families, so not all of our profiles are public, some are private for security reasons.
1: Yes, I can imagine it's very important for some um, that we do keep their safety in mind. You've mentioned some of the qualifications required to be included in the Forb victims list. What religion or belief factors are you looking for when determining if an individual is in fact a Forbes victim?
0: So we're looking for any discernible religious dimension to a person's Imprisonment or detention or any of those other violations I mentioned earlier, um, these can be chalked up into five different kind of categories, you know, on the one hand you have religious belief, you know, is a person targeted for what they believe in, whether that's through their appearance their identity their association, as well as for not believing in sp- certain things. Um, as well as we're looking at looking for if someone's been targeted for the religious activity, whether that's holding worship search services praying conducting rituals discussing religion. We're interested if people are being targeted for their religious freedom advocacy, and this can include, you know, protesting religious freedom conditions or reporting on religious freedom conditions. We have a lot of journalists in the database who, you know, without their work, we cannot do our jobs um, in making sure that, you know, countries are held accountable. Additionally, um, there are two other categories we look at, and this is on the one hand, religiously grounded charges, kind of things like blast blasphemy, apostasy, um, and a couple of other religiously oriented charges um, and then also we have a category we're looking at to determine if a person is charged on the basis of a religious system um, for instance you know in iran this year we've seen a lot of protests related to people being against mandatory religious failing um, this is something that we would keep an eye on because the government in and of itself is imposing its citizens to practice specific religious norms and so If a person is arrested for not obeying these religious norms, then that would qualify them as a Ford prisoner as well. Um, And then one really key important thing to remember is that the people in this database are political prisoners. They do not deserve to be in jail. Um, And for those reasons, you know, we do not include people who we believe have credible accusations of violence um, or who have advocated for violence.
1: USURF obtains information about religious freedom violations abroad in multiple ways. Can you share with us in more detail where USERF gets its information related to for victims?
0: Yes. Yeah, so USURF typically relies on NGOs to submit names to us. Um, we rely on our NGO partners to do this for us. Um, of course, this doesn't, doesn't always happen, so whenever we are engaging in our own research and we come across names and individuals, we also do our best to include these people. Again, this is all based off of, you know, what we see from our NGO partners, news organizations, government agencies like the State Department, um, as well as other English and non-English reporting. Um, key to this is also, though, making sure that whatever information we do receive, we cross-reference and vet it appropriately, whether that's trying to get, get our hands on specific court documents, um, as well as testimonies from friends and family. Um, this is all crucial to making sure that the information we're providing is accurate and authentic.
1: Now, as I understand, the, the four victims lists had a few upgrades this year done by yourself. Um, would you mind telling us about those changes and their impact on the database?
0: Yes. Yeah, so. Um, Prior to this year, our database was a bit, uh, for lack of a better word, I'll say basic. Um, It had a search bar that only searched the names of individuals, and it had two filters related to country and religion. Now, on the main page, we have 10 filters, um, which go across from status, current status, um, ethnicity, gender, um, religion, all sorts of things, right? Right. The big, big new features that I'm personally very proud of are we have a new search bar that searches more than just names. Um, It can search names. It can search names in different languages. For instance, if you're looking for a Russian detainee, but you're not sure about the transliteration, you can search the Russian name and see if that pops up in our system. Um, It also searches any key words that you're looking for. So if you're looking for a word, let's say, like Bible or Quran, results associated with these pages will pop up. Additionally, we also have three new filters or three additional filters. Um, one is for if there are reports of medical neglect. Um, you know, if the state is not providing adequate health care to its prisoners or refusing to give them the necessary medical care that they are um, deserving of. We have a filter for reason of persecution, which is, you know, why is this person in our database? You know, what is the activity that they are being persecuted for, whether that's holding religious belief, holding religious services or you know protesting religious freedom conditions um and then last but not least we have a nature of charges category and this has to do you know we want to collect and we want to know what is the legal pretext that which foreign governments use to imprison people you know what are they charging people with now one of the the big things i would say from these new updates though is to really help us figure out what are some of the trends within our database and within our information and make it easier for users outside of USERF to identify these trends for themselves. Um, you know, so that you could see cross culturally um, across or you could see across from across countries where these charges and these reasons of persecution and these demographics kind of stack up to one another.
1: Well, these new features sound really great and it's very it's clear that you've put a lot of time and effort into making the uh, four victims list um, much more accessible for um, both you and um, the public. Uh, you, you've talked a lot today about the background and technical details of the four victims list, would you mind diving a little more into the data uh, who's in the database, where are they from, why are they in the database things like that.
0: yeah and. You know, to follow up on one of the last points I made is that because we are relying so much on NGOs, this information is not reflexive of any global trends right the information in the database is specific to the database. Really, we are powered by people who submit information. And so, please, please, if anyone listening has information related to detainees or prisoners or victims, please feel free to 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 log on to find this database, we have a submission bar at the end, bottom of the page click on that send us information. Um, so. As I'm going through some of this next data, it's important to remember that this is not this is not global. This is just what we have in our database. In terms of geographic diversity, we have over 25 countries and entities represented in our database. The largest country represented is China at 39%, Russia, 19%, Iran, 15%, Pakistan, 4%, Uzbekistan, 4%, Vietnam, 4%, India, 3%, Eritrea, 3%, Saudi Arabia, 2%, and all other countries combined, 7%. We have over 30 religious groups represented in the database. Um, Sunni Muslims are one of the largest groups in our database with 15%, unspecified Muslims at 14%, Church of Almighty God, 12%, Jehovah's Witnesses, 12%, Falun Gong, 11%, Baha'i, 6%, Buddhists, 6%, Protestant Christians, 6%, and then a whole range of other religious groups represented. And in addition to that, we have over 40 different categories of charges. Um, You know, it is not a monolith to what people are charged with um, by state entities And every country is different, especially based off of which group of people they are trying to prosecute. Um, The largest, unfortunately, the largest category in our database is unknown. You know, about 28% of the people in the database, we do not know what they are charged with. We have some ideas about what they're charged with. For instance, there are several Falun Gong adherents in our database that we just don't have the specific charge, but we're very confident that they're probably charged with um, you know, being associated with a cult. Um, same with Uyghurs from China. We may not know the exact charges that they're facing, but it's most likely related to extremism or terrorism. The largest concrete charge we have been able to identify is banned organization. Um, this is affiliation with alleged affiliation with terrorist organizations or extremist organizations or gangs. This is about 24% 24 of our our victims are associated with this charge. Additional very common charges featured in the database are cult, 16%, terrorism, 14%, extremism, 13%, treason and sedition, 10%, spreading propaganda and false information, 8%, illegal assembly, 6%, hate speech, 6%, and blasphemy, 5%. At the end of the day, though, what it's important to remember is that if you go onto our database, you can find an individual behind all of these numbers. Um, these are individual stories, these are real life people who have been arrested and prosecuted and face deplorable conditions wherever they're located um, just because of their religious belief, religious activity, religious freedom advocacy, or just state imposed religious um, norms on them.
1: And with that, we'll have to leave it right there. I'd like to thank Dylan Shaxander, researcher at UserF, for taking the time to speak with us. You can find more information about Userf’s four victims lists and other publications and resources related to the four victims List on our website. As always, thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on Userf Spotlight.